Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanon, Mr. Rob, and Ken. Yeah, that's Rob plugging the homie straight bangers. That's it, bro. Now. Shout out to the gods, man. Pat Rice. Love you guys. You Love know. you guys. What's up, bro? How you doing? How your week been, Rob? Slow motion, bro. Not too much is going on. Um, just trying to keep keep the house intact. We got some cold ass weather. It feels like Alaska in this bitch. But um, outside of that, I've been all right, man. Everything is all right. Wifey's all right. Kids is good. Um, I got another dog, young you man. Got, that you been, got a dog? Yeah, the, the, the young man we hold it down. We've been holding down for the past uh, six to eight months. Um, one of the dog, and my dumb ass concurred. So <laughs> I got a dog now. So listen, man, I'm a dog lover, but I tell people all the time, listen, man. Dogs are cute. Until you got to pick up shit. Until they eat your clothes and your shoes and the side of the wall. Then you don't want a dog no more. But you can't throw them in the street. This is not stuffed animals, yo. <laughs> a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility. Thank you, bro. So, I got another dog. His name is Duke. He's an American pit. Other dogs are getting along with him. But he's a little guy, so he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna fall right into He's going to come right into the fold and I expect to have a third dog so God yeah. bless me you running a freaking animal shelter over there son listen man animal shelter I'm in your farm back here I'm gonna have some cows and chickens <laughs> what's up with you Ken how your week been well, I'm good man what's in my zero dogs man every time that conversation <laughs> we, we, we discuss who gonna be doing the work with the dog and I already know the answer so that, that ain't happening right now. But yeah, everything's been cool, man. Regular week. Trying to stay warm here, too. It's freezing everywhere. Absolutely. Where it's six. I was telling you off the air, it's six degrees here. Came in my house. I'm like, damn, it feels chilly. I looked at the. the in the crib, thermo- right? Like, you yeah, said, the, in the freezer. The thermostat was set to 75, like cranked up, but it only still ain't warm. Like, <laughs> like 67. I was like, wow. Jesus Christ. I had to turn my fireplace on. Yo, that fireplace heat is a different type of heat, though, boy. You get that natural yes, heat when you're fast. That natural heat is not playing, bro. You get a couple of logs, and you get it going. And once you create that little ember at the bottom, you're good, bro. Word. So we got a special episode for y'all tonight, which I appreciate having this conversation because it's a change of pace. You know, the last couple of episodes we've had, we've been primarily interviewing entertainers. And I think we kind of fell into interviewing entertainers because we are working on the No Ideas original podcast album. We'll be coming soon. Got some bangers on there. Um, So it's good to have like a change of pace. I have been talking to Rob behind the scene, telling him like, damn, we got to get back to getting guests that don't rap, sing, DJ, produce, (laughs) and just talking to regular people. Because that's what we kind of built the podcast around, was talking to regular people. So I'm happy to bring to the platform Mr. Mike Taylor, Team Spartans Bay, what's up, bro? Appreciate you pulling up and joining us for today's conversation. All right, what's going on? Good evening, good evening. Ain't nothing. What's going on, Black? How you been, bro? I'm okay, man. Um, you know, uh, second round of COVID, just before uh, a couple of days before oh, Christmas. Yeah. I had the OG version back in 2020 when it dropped. So uh, you had throwback COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was good for like two years or whatever, and then got slammed. You know. Really? So it wasn't as bad as the first go round, but now this time around, some issues like with lingered cough and uh, 
giving me back to issues with elevation, mm. which brings right. me to some of the stuff that uh, why I'm here. Right. <laughs> so yeah, man. Yeah. Yo, that 2020, that 2020 COVID was different though. Now COVID light is out now. Yeah. But if you had yeah. it back in 2020, you must have you must have been really down when you had it back then. Yeah, it created it created some challenges, and that's um, one of the reasons why I still do what I do. You know, right? Being from where we're from, and just the life experiences, you still got to step up. You know, absolutely. Once right. you right. feel it, the universe opens your eyes. You got to get with something. You know, not choose okay. to do the wellness joint. You know. Okay. All right. So let's let's um let's get into it. Let's talk about. Tell us uh, what led you to forming Team Spartan Spades and taking on these different challenges kind of like you're doing these iron man physical fitness challenges yeah well it was a culmination of things you know um over the years from where we're young even dealing with people like master rob in my community over on boston road a lot of people were either playing football basketball or you played freeze tag so a lot of those things culminates to doing obstacle course racing because we was doing it Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, sir. I was, I mean, to cut your wisdom, Mike. I was like, this nigga do a manhunt 2.0. Yeah, seriously, you know. <laughs> for real. And, uh, it, for our community, there was blocks and blocks that you'd have to run to get away, right. you know, hopping over fences and stuff like that. And at some point in my life, too, when I was on a different path, you'd have to run from the cops. There you go. Still hop, hopping the same fences, climbing the same walls, my nigga. Doing the same stuff, you know? You know, everybody didn't make it through to high school football or basketball, but you right. still had a lot of those things ingrained in you within just living in your community. That's no matter where you lived at, you know, you just had to identify it as such. Right. That's right. That's right. Yo, what, let me ask you this, man. Prior to you even starting the team, how did you even find out they had a Spartan race? Well, basically around 2000, 2011, and this is this is funny, one of our childhood friends, Doe, you know, I was out, business was slow. I'm a Shout out to call Doe, yo. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a business, um, I'm a creative, you know, I do design Sorry. work. That's another life too that I've lived, Michael Antonori and Mosby Jeans. Um, mm-hmm. Business was slow, so I would go out and go fishing, clear my head, I would go out in the cold. You know, so one time I was trying to take my, my, my childhood friend, my day one, trying to take him to get a fishing license. A lot of the spots had been closing down, so they wasn't selling a fishing license, which took me to Route 100 here in uh, New York. Yeah. We're just driving and I'm seeing patches of ice and, you know, lakes. And I'm like, yo, do look like it's people on ice, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's something that we're familiar with from TV, but never actually seeing it in person. Right. So we still trying to drive to find where I could get this fishing license, found a place that was maybe like uh, 50, 60 miles up. And um, I came across a gentleman, he was out there. So I pulled over as a big brother. He was like 6'3", um, 320 pounds, you know, chopped it up and was uh, part of my daughter. She's just sliding through, um, you know. He's one of the team Spartan Spade members. She's been there from when I first started ice fishing. So okay. during that time, you know, I started learning like, okay, this is kind of cool. I started ice fishing and I was still looking for something more to stay active during the winter. I would see a gentleman from my building, older gentleman going out in the snow, getting his workout. And I'm like, I've done other things, nefarious things in the winter. I can get my ass outside and go work out in the winter. That's a fact, bro. That's a fact. Don't make sense to be fit in the house in a nice warm house when you could really test yourself. So 
once I started doing that, I was on a computer and I came across this video. Somebody had made a video relative to Spartan called um, Powerful Beyond Measure, which used that, uh, that motivational speech and applied it to the video of the Spartan race. Mm. Around that time too, my wife had also um, showed me some for Tough Mudder, but the things with Spartan, the uh, montage really resonated with me. Like right. I indicated before, it was a lot of stuff that we've done in the community. Right. You know, different sizes, different weights, you know. You gotta right, be right, right. fun and you gotta run if you don't wanna get tagged. So that's how I found uh, Spartan. 2012, I jumped in and did my first race. It beat me up. Ended up doing like 90 burpees. I thought I trained well Ooh. because of uh, the urban environment that I was at, you know, training <laughs> in Bronx Park, training over at Cedric and Cedar. You know, okay. about River Park Towers, any place where I can find a place to get in and work out. Right. But apparently I wasn't ready because I was just like, nah, I need to rethink some things, <laughs> you know? Listen, that body, that body get old, so we, we, we used to jump fences the way we used to grow up, but nowadays it's a little different, man. You got to take your time. <laughs> yeah. But, but what it also was is that, um, you know, our bodies are definitely capable. The gotcha. thing is, uh, we get caught up in just day-to-day -day stuff with work. So you can work construction and really feel like you have the mechanics of strength, but your cardio endurance, your flexibility, all of that mm -hmm. comes into play. Right. And the perspective that I had was, you know, my daughter was younger at the time. I was like, you know, I need her to be able to save her. Okay. And if anything, any children that I have in my employer, just anybody, you know, mm, it right. to just beyond looking physically fit, to have some type of strength and wherewithal to get busy if it came to you know, the endurance, the, having run up and down mountains, you right. know, training, I would have trained over in, uh, you know, Van Cole and some of these other places uh, that I frequent now to train. Yeah. Talk about calisthenics a little bit, how important that is with your race. That's, that's, it's pretty much calisthenics, ain't it? No, it's a, it's a hodgepodge of everything. Cause you have some people who do just uh, weight training. Some people who do just yoga. Right. Um, basically it's, a lot of uh, plyometrics are involved, depending on how you as an individual race. So many people over the past 10 years, we've just celebrated uh, Team Spartan Spades for 10 years. And uh, I've always recruited people to get them to come out. They they use the word race and think you got to run through it. They're amputees that get out here. People with mental wow, wow. that get out there. And uh, it's just a testament to their will to just be physically fit based on your physical needs. Right. You, know, you can't say, oh, you got to do a Brazilian push-ups and squats to a person who has no legs. Yeah, right. That's right. You know. So the goal is to finish, pretty the much. Goal, if you the start goal to finish. finish, and their tagline is, "You'll know what the finish line. You'll know what you got to either eliminate, what you got to improve, what you okay. got to do for you as an individual." Mm -hmm. So you've seen people out there that'll hit the thing. They'll do like I said, a thousand, a thousand push-ups, dips, and everything, but yeah. they're running. You know, so they end up crashing because they have an audio component. You know, right. you, you drinking all the water you want, but if you don't have the electrolytes in it, so that mm. involves the science where you're cramping up. Dude's right. cramping up within 30 minutes wondering what happened. He should have been done. Yeah. And you see them like, nah, bro, it's a lot more to it than that, you know? Okay. Peace, young, young. Salute. What's up, yellow? Thank you for tuning in tonight. Go ahead, Ken. So Mike, can you, can you, um, because I think you're listening this, listening to Mark, um, to Rob talk. Can you explain to people what the Spartan race is, what type of events and everything is, so that people can, you know, better understand what's entailed in the Spartan race? Okay, now the Spartan race is uh, 
It's a brand. Spartans a brand that started up in um, Pittsville, Vermont. Um, their original race was the Death Race, was Peak Race's Death Race, and Spartan was a spinoff from that. So uh, OCR stands for Obstacle Course Racing. Right. The basic level of Spartan is the sprint. When I first started, it began at a 5K, but it was always a little more than that. Like there's always a running joke that is it real miles or Spartan miles because <laughs> that's some of the psychological games that are played in these right. events. They'll, there's always a measurement of distance, but you can have like thousand feet of elevation, which isn't included in your mileage. Okay. You get a thousand feet of elevation and that take you out and then you still have the actual mileage to go. So the basic entry level race is a sprint, which is a 5K and it consists of 20 obstacles and uh, they, they, they take place within mountainous ranges, um, sometimes flat areas, but it's mud involved. You're jumping over fire yeah, yeah, yeah. the finish line. You have rope climbs, all the stuff that they taught you if you grew up in you know, New York City, the physical fitness gyms from even from uh, middle school. Yep. You have a rope climb to test your strength, your um, upper body strength. You have barbed wire crawl where you're running. And mind you, this is taking place in wooded trail areas where you have mud is dry so now you're slipping and sliding because you didn't get may not have got the right sneakers to do it mm -hmm. you know you you need traction so now you're crawling under barbed wire sometimes crawling under barbed wire they have water hoses with, you know spraying you down or whatever so <laughs> that's complicating things because in your mind you may have trained completely different not thinking that that's a variable that you have right yeah you know what you know what i was i was thinking about in in terms of this like so there's the physical component that you have to train for Talk right about you're it, physically fit but what, what goes into what is the mental training for something like this looks like because i know you have to be mentally prepared to to even compete in something like this well the the easiest thing to mentally prepare i always tell people is to deal with what's what's inside of you the same thing like with the fitness um like i indicated before you know at the time it was slow so when you're trying to spend time on the computer figuring out how to bring the money back together or however you're going to do it that's a mental exercise mm -hmm. right you're either read you're going to hop on a podcast you'll sift through many podcasts you know some people like you guys indicated uh you know you have so many different genres that you guys cover but as an entrepreneur i need to listen to what the rappers did or what they did wrong you know business-wise it may be something relative to me being a creative that helps your mental capacity increase and improve to be able to take on things like this. Dig in within yourself to say, hey, if I'm having relationship issues, you know, you have some people who are violent people, you know, but if you get out and get some exercise done, now you're less violent because you've depleted all of yeah. that rage that may have been, been inside of you. You know, right. you have an injury that's a persistent injury, the psychological component of getting over that pain and suffering or how you're gonna manage the pain is relative to doing the obstacle course racing because some of us have maybe not been uh, camping or down south and you're in these wooded environments. Right. Survival comes in. There's right. no real uh, psychological trainer for that. It's either fight or flight. And now you're saying, hey, I'm in a race, but I haven't been around woods. You know what right. I'm gonna do now? Yeah. Gotta run, right, right. try to keep it with that person who's in front of you, you know, relative to safety. Or you're gonna tough it out and allow your mind to unwind and you start, you know, dealing with your psychological components that may be bothering you or helping you get ahead while you're out there. Yeah. The That's mental the, the, the mental the mental and the physical reward to me of doing something like this 
is evident, you know. But the other part of it that I think about, and I wonder if you could speak a little bit about it, is the fellowship that comes as a result of doing it. Because I look, you know, I look at your Instagram, there's some research, and that's what I see is a core unit of people that have united around a mission. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it seems like fellowship comes out of this also. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, now the fellowship comes from uh, back again, just the community in the hillside. You know, I could refer back to Master Rob, you know. Um, I wasn't good at basketball. I could run. I had the big feet. He's one of the people who gave me one of my nicknames, Battleship. This <laughs> was my first kid in middle school. You know, I showed up with the... Yo, the, son, the, you had to remember that. You had to remember that. Nah, nah, <laughs> it, it, it's relative to it because, um, you know, some people in, 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 in certain environments, especially athleticism, um, they don't give you the opportunity to play sports within them because you're not performing at the elite level. You know, like I could run, I could jump. I just didn't have any handle or could shoot. You know, but Rob would be one of the people who would just let you in, like, yo, come on. You know, he'd be doing his thing, but that's the opportunity to fellowship with your people. You're not shutting anybody out. And with obstacle course racing, you do have um, different tiers of athletes that show up. But what goes on is that during those races, you may see somebody who's having a hard time. You know, they don't know how they got out there. Somebody signed them up. They thought it was easy. Now they need assistance with getting over a wall. Or you need assistance getting over a wall that's maybe seven foot. You know, your arm might be jacked up or your knee is banged up. Mm. So now you're able to fellowship just by helping this person. You don't even got to stay with them. You could keep it moving, but you've already made an impression on them from just that action alone. Right. So when I first started doing obstacle course racing, especially here in the um, Northeast or whatever, there wasn't too many people of color that was out there. And they were sparse and, you know, it seemed like, hey, nobody wants to talk to each other or anything. You're out there moving and shaking, some people learning, but that was another thing where you have the um, different cultures clashing. Right. The ability to fellowship you know, it was certain stuff that that we do in our community. It's like, okay, we already work together in certain capacities. Right. Thing after I finished my first race was, I need to bring more people to do this because the Bronx suffers from high rates of diabetes, mm. and you know. I was gonna ask you about that. When, when you think about how we got here, part of that is the fellowship. You know, our fellowship varies from sports if you're playing at the elite level or mm-hmm. recreational, or you're helping kids within your community or your fellowship is around food and alcohol or whatever, but exactly. you still have that fellowship going on. Mm-hmm. I figured why not doing it, do it from a fitness capacity that can help the area that I live in, the community of the Bronx. Right. And that was it. And, and, and you know what's crazy, and I'm glad you did, because I heard you say it on a, on a podcast, you know, the Bronx got the worst health, in the, the, in one of the worst health counties in the nation. Yeah. Which and, is- mind you, 63% of the people in the Bronx are Hispanic. The other 35 are black. That's over 90%, bro. That's mm. just us in the entire Bronx. Outside of Riverdale and Pelham and yeah. Morris Park. We know what them areas are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, where, where there's high poverty, you have high levels of health, man. And one of the one of the things that strike people in the Bronx area is asthma. And the pollution and I know a lot of people I grew up with couldn't play ball unless they had their pump with them. Mm-hmm. My man Chewy is one of them. He had to bring his pump to the court just to play a four, man. I'm like, man, that's crazy, bro. But, you know, a lot, a lot of people develop 
those um those situations. So what was that the main purpose? Or was that or was that along with you being inspired by Spartan? But along along with that, you know, trying to get people more healthy or be at least health conscious of what they're doing day to day. Yeah, that was that was um, that was part of it. And also, like I said, there have been components and times in 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 my life where I was trying to implement some of these things. Like I used to work in childcare at a residential um, treatment facility up in uh, Dobbs Ferry, New York. And okay. I got injured so, on the job or whatever. So I, I had uh, torn my right rotator cuff during the job. So I was still working, trying to get the kids healthy because that's a um, way to break up a lot of the um, challenges that arise when you're dealing with um, quote unquote troubled children or children displaced by the system. And they right. all brought together with different um, different crises that can arise. So I would mm -hmm. implement a thing where the kids were acting up or whatever, or having challenges and disputes or whatever through gang, um, gang beasts or whatever. And I, would, hey, everybody, get up. We're going walking because Mr. Taylor couldn't go get his exercise because I had to come here to deal with the crisis. Mm -hmm. So I was right. walking around the um, campus. Some of them had pride issues where they thought that they were being prated or prated around. Um, you know, to, to shame them. To look a certain way. Yeah, but once they realized that I had them exercising, all it took was to get them to walk. And then we're doing push-ups, then we're doing jumping jacks. So the whole facility was starting to see this. It's a um, facility with like uh, seven cottages. The girls wanted to join in. Hey, can we go walk on Mr. Taylor and them? So we had everybody coming uh, together for exercise. I'm where, so, where were you at? You was at CV? I was at uh, St. Christopher's. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar. So, I, I was up there and um, at the Dobbs Ferry campus. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was little things like that, whereas I'm still able to exercise a little bit. It also helps tire the kids out and it provides them a way, of, a therapeutic way of getting fit because they have some, some of those challenges too that you mentioned that impact our community with the asthma, um, yeah. the unhealthy stuff, even trying to Asthma, get heart disease, strokes. Yeah. Diabetes. I know a lot of friends that got diabetes, and I just share this with you, man. What? And I'm and I, 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 I wish I would have caught it early. A friend of mine, and you know, Stan Straw, had passed away super early, and mm -hmm. I was that was a red flag for me, man. I think he had to be about 37, because we both born in December. Mm -hmm. And how he died, I'm like, yo, bro, we just scratching the surface. A year later is when I lost my kidney. That's when I was like, yo, this is serious, bro. We and Stan, like myself, we around the same people, so we're doing the same things. We're eating at the same stores, the same Chinese food. We congregate like that. And I was saying to myself, here it is. I'm in Maryland, and it affected me. And I used to tell guys, say, you know, listen, man, don't feel sorry for me because I lost my kidney. Use me as an example because y'all ate like I ate. Y'all drank what I drank. Go check yourself out. Know your creatinine levels. Know what your blood pressure is, bro. Know if you you could be on the bridge of a stroke right now and won't even know it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we got a we got a question real quick. So Yella says, "Sorry, I don't know if I missed it. How long does one of these roughly take to complete the race?" Um, it could take anywhere from depending on your fitness level, your psyche going into it. Um, mm -hmm. It could take anywhere from. The fast people are knocking them out in some time, like 25 minutes for, for the basic 5K. That's people really? who are, some people who are fine-tuned, you know, they, their fitness is up, their nutrition is up, and it could take anywhere to, um like, five, six hours. 
you know, or, or, oh, or wow. longer, depending on how you show up, you know. <coughs> Anybody's capable of doing it, you, even if you've never done a race before. You get out there, you try it, and you realize, like, wow, I definitely right. need to leave those damn french fries alone. You know? I didn't keep the unlimited fries, you know, keep the joints coming. <laughs> you know, you have seven ounces of steak, but you have like five pounds of french fries, you know? Yes, uh... And you start rethinking that on the hill, and then you look and realize there's more to the hill. Oh, and there's a mountain. Oh, that's part of the course? Now the thing taking you to 25 minutes as the fastest person, you know it's gonna be a minute. Right. The problem that else arises is, damn, you didn't drink enough water for the um, for the eight hours. Luckily, mm. have uh, water um water stations out there, but definitely you could get it done if you've never done one before. I'd um advise you to follow Team Spartan Spades because um through my relationships. Uh, Sometimes things magically happen where we're able to introduce new people who've never raced Spartan race to Spartan as one of their ambassadors. So you got to get out there and do it. And it's like the slogan says, you'll know at the finish line. And uh, I think that translates to, you know, like I said, know what to do for your diet, know what to do for the workout. Right. A lot of times, um, one of the things that was identifying for me was that the things culturally, like our holiday festivities, Right. Mm. I would see people's plates and we'll be so excited to oh, show eight different types of carbs on the plate. Yeah. You know, like two proteins. Then we're gonna do like four or five. No greens. You trying to say some some some, some <laughs> have greens, but remember it's like five different versions of carbs. Right. Take macaroni and the rice. You know, and, and the rice. And and we eat rice frequently, so you don't even need to eat that. At the special <laughs> holiday occasion, you right. know. So you, some of that stuff, like I started peeling back, like you know, I'm I'm 47, thankfully by Allah's grace, you know. And um, certain things, certain events, I started realizing, like we're doing this damage to ourselves under the, um, you know, under the um, guise of fellowship. But mm-hmm. certain stuff that we don't always need, and we could always switch it up. You don't gotta be the super vegan, but you definitely don't need the. You know the two pounds the extra extra shit. And cheese yeah yeah, um, yeah it's like one of the um one of the um one of the um podcast shows that y'all had where you spoke with hustle and you were talking about the high fructose syrup and it's like <laughs> it's not even a regular fructose syrup it's the high so you know we just Yo, somebody we know black somebody we know i won't put him on blast because it's his personal business but he almost <laughs> had a diabetic seizure from drinking <laughs> minute maids wow <laughs> Wow, being 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 just thirsty, DJing, being thirsty, just reaching for the minute main, the half gallon, and mm-hmm. taking it. Now, mind you, while he's DJing, he's starting to feel, he's sweating, he's starting to feel off. Before you know it, nigga passes out. Mm-hmm. While he DJing, when he, when he right, while he's DJing, so by the time when he got to the hospital, yo, his A one C, my nigga, A one C was like five hundred, yo. Damn. Like he was like, yo, he's like your master. I was out of here. And that's when he started calling me. What did you do? What did you eat? Just down the third. I said, for one, for one, you gotta change your diet, bro. You can't just, you know, when we were young, we felt invincible. We can, like you said, we can jump fences, we climb walls, we can do that. Once you start to slow things down, bro, everything slows down. 
Yeah, you can't yeah, just yeah. get back on the on on the ten speed and 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 ride the for the road like you used to. You can't. It's not. <laughs> it's not gonna work. So I told him what I told him. I said, "Yo, leave the sugar alone. It's the sugar, bro. But mind you, when you're getting something to drink, turn it around and read what's behind there. High mm-hmm. fructose corn syrup ain't ain't. It says syrup, but it's not sugar, bro. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that your body really can't break down. It's a replacement." for sugar just for the taste and you drinking gallons and gallons of that yeah you're gonna hurt yourself bro you know what's interesting about that is that in other countries they don't allow it so it's it's illegal my son is out in london and you won't find that in there also when you go to a place like a fast food place our our mediums are their largest so they don't even make those sizes those sizes that's big what does that say about our culture? Yeah, our culture for one. And no one that high fructose corn syrup. Right, son. Sometimes, you know, it definitely goes back. Like, I know you referenced um, his uh, sugar being 500. Unfortunately, in uh, 2020, you know, I lost my mother to diabetes. And, um, no, sorry to hear that. Thank you. Was, um, you know, it was a Christmas Eve and I got the call, but uh, it came out to one of her friends that her blood sugar um, was about over 600. You know, and I guess she was fearful to contact me. We don't live in the same state or whatever. Right. But, um, you know, when I actually went there and uh, saw her, I had to respond at like 3 a.m. to New Jersey or whatever. But I always tell people, I said it was like the gun was right there. I happened to look on the side and one of my family members had brought her, you know, I guess a holiday treat. But it was um, sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was some chicken, you mm-hmm. know about a thing or whatever and um yeah. you know that 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 brought a lot of sadness to me because she just circumvented uh covid during the crisis right. had her leg amputated this year i mean the year that uh, she passed or whatever this is two years ago but um you know it was um it was a wake-up call that i definitely know is possible for many of us but right. discipline the self-discipline is where we run into issues at you know, I know sometimes we go through things where, okay, we got to have, like you said, he's reaching for it and just slamming it. There's certain things that we have to do our own individual discipline, self-discipline, yeah. that's right. you know, at least start the ball rolling, you know, and through this kind of stuff, that's why I started Team Sparring Spades. Um, I kind of mixed it from the Black Spades because, you know, they just put you with racism. Right. You know, that's what their fight was. And my fight, I felt, was for fitness and health because we always talk about how we're going to keep it real and the warriors walk. This is a tough walk to walk. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't out, you can't have a shootout with diabetes or fried mm-hmm. foods. You know, you can't, you can't. It's not enough bullets, you know. But what you can do is say, you know what, let me go home and eat a salad. You know, let me go home and eat this or, you know, make the conscious decisions for not only you, but your family, because people will watch what you do. Mm-hmm. Actually, Renee, where we get organic fries from? Yeah, I, 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 I got to try organic fries. I've never yeah, yeah. organic fries. <laughs> and see, and mind you, in in a lot of foods, for, for those who are diabetic or pre-diabetic, A1C, challenge, um, sugar just don't rest in the sweets, man. It's in your starches. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of different things, man. So your body has to break that down. Now, what I've learned, if you're trying to lose weight or just trying to trim off, your body got to get through all of that sugar fat first yeah. before it gets to the fat that's sitting around your muscle. 
And that's why people get reluctant to for the discipline part because people think that, you know, I go run, walk a lap, run a lap, do all this, I can sweat and all that, look in the mirror, ain't nothing changed. And it gets discouraging because you want to change. Mm-hmm. But people don't have, what most people don't have or should strive to have is the state of course mentality. Man, you got to have a longevity mindset to say, give myself six months. If I stay consistent six months, whether it's every weekend, every day, whatever your schedule is, I guarantee you there'll be results because your, your, your routine and your redundancy of getting it will make it so. It's not going to happen overnight. You know what I mean? And okay. you just got to be mindful of what you eat as well. Yeah, food, 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 and sugar is addictive. Your body will crave that as you start to, you know, Absolutely. start to get That's rid right. of sugar or something. One of the biggest things, and what's I'm going to ask you, Mike, is how do you, you know, get the people to stay with the, the commitment of doing it? Because, like everything else, when the new year comes around, everybody's in the gym, everybody got a fresh new gym, the resolu- new year's resolution is to lose weight or get For the first well, 30 no, days. Not, not say lose weight, it's a lifestyle change. We all hear all of this stuff. But what goes into getting people to do their commitment? Because I watched the videos and it seemed like you got a, a good group of people that are on board with it. Yeah, well, the thing is, um, I'm just genuinely me. Um, I've had some challenges where, you know, outside of, uh, you know, just doing this stuff that I had almost lost my life. And it was just like a, um, a challenge to keep people busy. Like as uh, Renee Vega, who's been on here, you know, he would crack jokes because sometimes he would be one of the first people with Team Spartan Spades when I was out there getting my mileage out when right. things, were, um, things were slow as a, as a as a fellow creative. We'd get out there and chop it up in Van Cortland Park. You could smell the Burger King. So he would always joke that we got to go get the double whatever. <laughs> double Whopper? The double whatever they got going on because it'll be so early in the morning. And, um, you know, what is the thing of making yourself available? So even right. availability to your family, if your family right. knows, oh, we're going at this time, they're going to want to rock out at those times. But your consistency to you is what comes first. So as long as you know that you're doing what you got to do, other people kind of take the hint like, man, if Mike doesn't come out, what am I going to do? I need to still get busy, you know, and how I do it is so inviting that I start people out by walking. You know, we'll get out there, we'll walk or whatever. If I got the tire, my tire Rolanda, I had that ten years. You know, while we chopping it up, we could I could talk to you about anything. But while you talking, I'll be like, hey, hold it for me for a second. You know, now you carry the thirty pound tire without even realizing it. You know, and we walking for a while. I, I let you rock, and I'd be like, yeah. So you just carried that for a mile, and now you what it is is people are dive, um, divulging certain things about themselves but you're able to show them what's innate within them that you can do this you know and how do you know that you can do because you look where we carried this thing from you know i'm gonna take my time so if you want to run i got runners you think you fat? Go keep up with them. But just know that if they leave you, you still got to know how to make it back to where we are. So you can pick your poison, but it's still that influence that once you come, I tell you, yo, you got the misses, you know, you got your people, bring them too. You know, you got the kids, bring the kids. Because now everybody's doing it collectively. And once you realize that, okay, I can do this with my family, with my tribe, you're gonna start showing up like, okay, Kenyatta said, put this on the wire, yo, we're gonna we're gonna be over here. You know? This mm-hmm. way you're not even 
in the Bronx or you floating around, you know that you can still get busy where you are. Right. Oh, I don't feel like making that drive to get up with Rob, but yo, yo, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get out there and check out those parks because right. that is putting you in a, a different psychological space. That okay, I can bring my family, we can go fellowship, you know, without the alcohol, without whatever. But now we're working right. on getting each other healthy. You know, mm -hmm. it can be through Team Spartan Spades, or it could be, you know, Team No Ideas Original. Because just like this, it's, it's nothing original about what I do, but what it is mm -hmm. is just stepping up and starting it and seeing who comes with you for the journey. You know, most yeah, of right. what I started with was people from Hillside. Um, I think about how many members you got, Mike. We have over, I think, over like a hundred some members. Damn, uh, people show. People show up at different times because, um, you know, like my team captains, um, some of them, these are the people who've been most consistent. Some of them are Ganifana, you know, from Honduras. So, you yeah. know, they're younger people, but they put their people on, you know, this right. is so they showing up, you know, they mm. seeing the leadership, you know, I always tell people, I don't leave anybody. So even when we do the race, I'm the last one to leave the course because I can't go and tell your people, oh yeah, so-and-so, oh, I don't know where they at. <laughs> but they came to ride out with me, you know. It's like that—that that, um, you know, that ideology. No man left behind. Mm. You know, I can't explain to your kids like, oh nah, man, I did my race, but he's still out there. Just you know, keep a lookout for him. <laughs> so you ain't gonna want to rock with me no more. So oh, everybody get off the um, you know, off the mountains or whatever. But even for the workouts, I started doing free community workouts, and I was able to bring something to the community where I currently live at which was adult fitness equipment to Parkside mm -hmm. Rock's Park. Dope. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and I just mentioned Parkside to y'all too, didn't I? Yo, Rob, Rob, doesn't this conversation sound eerily similar to the conversation we had like two weeks ago uh, in the studio with Rice and Bathgate? Yes, and we were, we, were, we were talking about like health and I was telling them like, I've never had a Whopper. I've never, I've never tasted a Whopper. He's never had a Whopper, never had a Big Mac. I just, I said, that's why your brain is so damn sharp because you ain't never had nothing to fuck you up. Yeah, I just, I just have to call it like I've never been into some of those things. Like you know, of course I've had McDonald's before, but just Whoppers and Big Macs and stuff like that has just never been my thing. But you mentioned something that we was have, we were having a conversation about, and we were talking about our responsibility as adults from the community. From so you know, you guys are um, North Bronx dudes me and kenyatta originally south bronx you know and then we we're north bronx transplants then we moved up to the north bronx mm -hmm. but we were talking about you know like people who grew up in the bronx and what their social responsibility was in terms of community activism and giving back to the bronx and making the bronx a better place so can you talk to us a little bit about how important community activism is in terms of what you're doing well it's very it's very important um some of the stuff that i would see um, you know, having lived in the South Bronx and then come to the North Bronx were different programs that people stepped up and created these programs, whether it be for art, um, safe streets to keep kids safe. Um, sometimes this stuff worked, sometimes it didn't, but that really came from the leadership that was in these communities. You know, unfortunately, some of us turned to the darker side and stayed there. Um, right. Some just deviated from those paths, but never looked back or went back to help bring about those changes things that didn't exist when we was younger that now you have the opportunity to fix it 
but we don't go back and change it, you know? And um, I remember being at Hunts Point, you know, they had a program down there at the place Culver Point, um, synonymous to uh, Hunts Point where they um, were trying to get kids to stay away from selling drugs and, mm. you know, the hard hit areas, dealing with heroin and all of that down there. Yeah. But you had to be from that community to benefit from those programs. And uh, my cousin lived down there, so I was able to learn and pay attention that even though I was in the streets, some of these programs, we didn't have them in the Northeast Bronx, so they moved away. Right. So at the right age, it was a thing where, you know, I'm coming up and you hear so much stuff about what's not changing and voting doesn't change anything. And from my experience, it does. All it takes is for the people to show up and do something to advocate. You know, you have whole cultures that are showing up to these community events advocating for what their people need the one thing that i found that it's only like two or three black ladies um myself and then everybody else will be from different cultures cultures and different nationalities trying to get what they need for their community so relative to um fitness or whatever i said yo you know growing up in the northeast bronx i used to live on 219th and willard avenue seeing some of the same workout equipment over the past 40, 40 some years in the park and nothing new. Mm-hmm. Then they didn't have anything down by me. So that propelled me to get involved. One day I seen a woman out on the corner over here on 80 Avenue, you know, and I'm like, damn, what's this white woman doing out on this corner? There's nothing over here, no real estate. You know, she's either, you know, trying to prostitute or something or right. to gentrify something. Right. <laughs> so. You know, that's right. Nah, that's the way. That's the way it looks now, especially in the Bronx. The Bronx ain't even look the same. Yeah, and you know, it's it's a thing of okay, if this is what's going on. You you should, as a as an adult, you should be aware of what's going on in your community because so many times we shy away from doing the real heavy lifting. You know, my daughter and the other kids got to walk by this. So if there's something going on, you know, I don't need this lady on my corner. You know, I need to see what's going on. But it turns out they were helping promote community awareness and how to make use of capital funds from your community you know so it was um participatory budgeting and it was through um richie torres when he was currently previously the uh council member for my district Mm -hmm. so i'm checking out out the paperwork to see if it's legit you know in the hood we always want to see the paperwork (laughs) yeah i checked out her paperwork that's right that's right let me see your credentials yo let me see the way that a million dollars of taxpayers money and having been training over the years getting ready for spartan races or whatever it was a thing like okay this is the information that we always say that we don't get right Mm -hmm. and it's there right here be up out and early while the people are engaged in their community so that's how i got into civic engagement I had done it previously in the past, going to community board meetings, but to really pay attention to your community, this is how the, the work is done. Mm-hmm. You know, from there, it took um, going to a couple of meetings and you get to see what people are advocating for and trying to build out. I had already had the idea in my mind, I need to get some physical fitness equipment, you know? And the importance of that is you have so many people who are coming home from jail where they're trying to, um, you know, acclimate back to society. One way I figured to do that where the cops ain't beating them up, get them to a location where they're being productive. Right. Yeah. Not working yeah. out, you ain't doing nothing, you know, nefarious or nothing ill or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just trying to work out. Right. Once you working yeah. out, now I know that if you could do all them push-ups and dips and all of that, you could go to work for UPS or um, FedEx because mm-hmm. you got to be able to lift that 75 pounds. Right. You know, so I've helped empower our people that may be on the fringes or the people who don't have a 
gym membership or can't afford it. That's you right. Know, That's so. So just because we are impoverished don't mean you know that we can't have things within the community. Yeah, like I, I, like, I like what you're saying by that because I was saying when we when we was having that discussion, I was saying that we sometimes get roped into thinking very very large in terms of making like systemic change, but something as simple as you know what well, we need exercise equipment in the park is where we should be thinking like like micro level to make those more changes and then it'll have a larger impact and shout out to the south Bronx too 168 street union Ave, prospect Ave, uh forest project st mary's project st mary's park you know we got to give south bronx love um but yeah so i, I just think that you know like in, in terms of community activism and understanding and our social responsibility having come from the Bronx, like looking at creative measures, like what you're doing is far more important than just, you know, a lot of people think that it's about automatically injecting money. So you can have somebody come and give a bunch of money, but if you don't know what to do with the money to, to impact the community and make change, and how valuable is actually getting the money? I, I can tell you from experience that just, just the money alone, you can get some of it, but really it's your time going out, talking right. to people, working with people, helping people get out of situations some people they're just they're just in a bad situation and they just need something like from working with kids to the, and then in sports and stuff was that we had we had a situation where we had kids that some kids were just at home by themselves some kids just didn't have stuff to do after school but just doing things they shouldn't be what shouldn't be doing but once you got them involved in different things i i could see now and talking to the, some of them because some of them you still have relationships with that's right they, they managed to become really productive in society i mean some of these kids are playing basketball overseas some of these kids are even if they have regular jobs you know regular jobs some kids that, right. that would not have been productive or productive now and yeah, that's those are the things that transition for me respectfully i mean in my hood if it wasn't for jip if it wasn't for juice if yep. it wasn't for older cats I remember, I remember one day, I'm going to shout his name, Ben Richards told me, get off the block, I'll buy your basketball. Mm. Literally, just like that. Go to the park, get out of here. You know what I mean? And that continued push kept me in the park. It kept me, you know what I mean, wanting to, wanting to get better, wanting to be at my best, wanting to challenge myself. You know what I mean? And that, and that's, that's what the greater part that you're doing, Mike, is you're challenging people to get out there, get out of their comfort zone, and be out and doing it as a community because once you see someone else do it you say to yourself oh, i can do it or even have your children come out there yep. so they'll hold you accountable like yo dad don't we gotta go at two o'clock yep. let's go and it's, it's so like it's um, you know not to cut your wisdom it's like i tell people um at the age that many of us are at um there was a lot of pushback through the systemic racism and community involvement or lack thereof i always tell people it's our time at the helm if you're going to navigate the ship, navigate the ship, but just don't get on the ship and say, oh, what do we do now? Right. You yeah. turn at the helm. You got to move it somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, you can sit at the dock all day long. The storm's still going to move in, knock the boat probably back on shore. Then what are we going to do? Right. And you can head out. Okay. You, know, you don't know the depths of the sea, but you still got to get out there and navigate. And that's where the community activism comes in at. You know, I've sat in on many, um, you know, meetings just to get my idea proposed onto the ballot. Then I had to go out there and stand out there in the cold or get people to sign up. And through that process, you start learning about some of the things where the community feels that um, 
you know, they were um, ripped off or cheated because there's a process to how the government um, on the federal and local level deals out funds. You know, you mentioned having the money. The money could be there, but if, you know, the contractors aren't there to install, you know, a security light or bus, you know, the stuff ain't going to go up until, you know, Shannon decides, okay, I got this on my calendar. Now I can go install 10 traffic lights or whatever. But, you know, relative to each each community, wherever you are, you know, that's a call for you to those so-called entrepreneurs and hustlers sit down read and realize that there are projects that you can go on board get paid from the city or um you know the city or whatever, your local uh, jurisdiction as a contractor that helps expedite some of this stuff and now you're not certified to be you know a, com- a camera installer you know mm-hmm. you've, got right. to, you've got certification to do construction work you don't got to say oh they not let me in the union start your own business but take the time do the knowledge and realize like oh this is why it takes so long to get this stuff. In the community, right. yo, they promise us this, 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 and it never happened. But they're not going to tell you, oh, that's because the country, the contractors who would do this are working on other projects over all the way out in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that because you know you use the you use the analogy of people who get on the ship. What's worse than the people who get on the ship and and don't provide any direction on the ship is the people who stand at the dock. And complain yeah. about what's going on like the non-participants yeah. to me like I, I can't stomach that for all the people that have all these opinions and all these wonderful yeah. ideas but <laughs> refuse to participate in whatever the actual process is to getting those ideas heard or implemented to me it's just like you know like you just monday morning quarterbacking like mm-hmm. i can i can sit around and pick apart issues that i see with everything that goes on yeah. you know but if you want to if you truly want to be the person that that leads change like you have to be a participant and I don't think everybody is a participant. I think it's a lot of people sadly are just critical of whatever it is that's going on. So even participating in the political process at that level, at the community level, that to me is like where the real change starts. Like I hear people say that they don't participate in politics at a national level. Okay, I get it because you may feel that, you know, it's so far away from you that you can't really feel the change in terms of policies that's being implemented. You know, but at the local level, with your local council person, you know, your congressperson, your borough Assembly. president, and stuff like yeah. that. These are people that you can reach out and touch yep. and talk about what's going on in the community to actually lead to some form of change if you actually invested in it. But I'm not 100% sold that people are completely invested in change as much as they are invested in the actual complaints around whatever's going on. Do you have like a formal partnership with like the Bronx Parks Department or this is something that you spearheaded out of passion? No, just spearheaded out of out of passion. Um, you know, going to those meetings, you know, being involved, and it's a funny thing like you reference uh, the people on the docks or whatever, and it's like they'll be on the dock screaming, "Why ain't we get anywhere yet?" Exactly. Yeah, we're not doing anything. We ain't going anywhere. You know, yeah. but um, you know, it's funny because you have the people say, "Oh yeah, I'm being involved in protests and marching, don't do anything." And then you start thinking, well, when's the last time you walked 10 blocks? <laughs> you know, can you walk up the hill? Oh, okay. So that eliminates you. So that's the real reason why. You know, <laughs> right. you don't want to run out of <laughs> <laughs> You know? That's you know? a fact. So your ass can't get up. That's why you need to go. The overcritical people. Okay. So you have a critical mind that's sharp. You read. That means that you can write legislation. You know, when I hear people talk about their ill in game, 
okay, I, I need you to, your, your pen game is sick. Oh, you ain't go platinum, but you could write some <laughs> legislation to help me get something, you know, at the community park. You That's know? right. Yeah. Shout out to Birdie. This is one of the people who helped bring in a bunch of people. Shout out to uh, mm-hmm. Evelyn Rivera from uh, Bronx Nomads. These people definitely, you know, help make a difference and bring people through and mm-hmm. add to the community. Let me ask you this, Mike. Man, you got so many members, which is dope. Is there a, a, a goal of having chapters around the Bronx that you well, even thought of? Or is, is that even an idea? Um, well, being that Team Spartan Spades is just a group. So it's a, it's, a, it's a fitness group, and it's for wherever. Like, if you guys came to race with us, you Team Spartan Spades. You know, whatever you do in your community, you race with us, you, you're in the mix. Because I want it to be a community where, just like with Spartan, it's a global phenomenon where people can go and work out and do the obstacle course racing. But I need you to be able to go to your family if you live in a community where you're not um, completely comfortable with. Well, you know, okay, Shannon is over here, Kenyatta's over here. That's still Team Spartan Spade. Y'all can go work out together. And if I have some people floating around like, oh, your friend, I met them, they're they cool. Are they working out? Yeah, go get with them. You know, because Mike can't be everywhere. And it was a time where I would go to so many different things, especially relative to the community work, where I'm in all of these meetings, which is going to take me away from my time in the park. Or somebody has to do it because everybody doesn't have the wherewithal to sit through and do the note taking, the research once you're done, to find out what agency is responsible for getting the tree removed. So the partnerships, there's an organization that's um, part of New York City, which is Partnership for Parks. You could go to their website and learn different ways how you can be involved within your community park to start an initiative. Um, they, they partner with like Home Depot. So if you want to start a garden, you know, we talk about how many times the community is dirty, but everybody doesn't have to be involved with conflict. You know, yo, curb your dog or stop stepping on the flowers. But when you come through certain communities, oh, it's no flowers here because you let the kids just rip up the flowers that I just planted last spring. Right. So that impacts the beautification of my community, you know? And that's little things that we can do in the community where we're supposed to stand tall. A lot of people like to be like, yeah, I'm 10 toes down. You ten toes down, but where? You know, where you standing? You just you ten know? toes in your damn sneakers. You ain't down nowhere. Ten toes down in your living room. You know, <laughs> and having having been to jail and all that, it was the same thing. Like I start learning, a lot of people, like Shannon said, a lot of people are critical, but they're not really taking the action. And sometimes mm-hmm. the people who are actionable, it does take that nudge. Or even if somebody hates you, seeing that you out there, like yo, Black Mike over there, he got them people working now. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to go check them out. Now you check it out. Now you're in the mix. You know, I don't care if you don't like me, but like our people, right. the, the way that you say that you do, to make a difference, you know? I don't care right. where you take it to. Brooklyn is popping. We got, oh, it's the, you know, the most impactful, you know, rap phenomenon. Okay, well, let's make some improvements in these communities, you know? No matter yeah. where you are in the country, but, you know, it, it takes us stepping up, you know? Right. Where we at with Team Sparring Space sponsorships, man? What, what, what are you doing? You looking to get sponsors? Well, definitely um, we was exploring a sponsorship. A lot of the stuff I have is sponsored by the community members. You know, I used to get a lot of uh, things relative to the to the team through donated blood. You know, mm-hmm. back in 1995. You've been big on that. Yeah, you've been big on that for a while, Mike. 1995, 1996, um, I was involved in the altercation where my throat was slashed. 
And, oh, wow. um, you know, that required me to get, you know, blood transfusion. Blood transfusion. Yes, sir. Um, you know, being a young person, you know, the whole thing where black people don't make it, or black young black males don't make it to 21, mm-hmm. you know, I was there, you know, and um, my father was always a blood donor or whatever. I didn't understand it as a young person, the impact that it had. But that's what helped make Team Spartan Spade. So when I was donating blood, the New York Blood Center has a program where you get advantage points. So I will be donating platelets like once a week, every two weeks, you know, mm-hmm. here, here, take it because somebody can get a minute. But then with those points that I realized that I was getting, I was getting equipment for the team or whatever wow. my clients came through. If I had a tip or something, I would take some of that, put that money to get stuff for us to work out with. You know, and this is way before we got the adult fitness equipment out, you know, so that's the sponsorship came from the team members. If somebody said, hey, Mike, I like what you're doing. You give me $50, I'm going to think of what else we need for either the adults or the okay. children program, and I'm going to go get the tools with that. So you are... A little self-investment. Yeah, self-investment. But, um, you know, we got a, a grant from the Spartan, the, get, the Give Back Foundation, um, which mm. is a part of Spartan Kids because they seen the program that we were doing. Spartan had uh, did a profile piece on me, you know, breaking the mold. You guys can find that also on uh, YouTube where I talk about the community involvement or whatever. And, um, you know, sponsorships, you got to look at them and see the um, the benefits, you know, because you don't just want a bunch of people throwing stuff on you. You want the community to feel their involvement. You know, yeah. if I take on getting a bunch of shirts from Nike, you know, are you going to say, okay, you know, they're kids that need clothes. Can we give the kids the clothes? You know, let's get the kids yeah. the program to where they understand that, oh, you don't have to be the number one basketball player, the number one football player. You could do obstacle cross racing. Let's get mm-hmm. those kids over here relative to the <coughs> Yeah. Hey, hey Mike, I just want to tell you uh, a good place because when I was doing the basketball thing, people reach out to the UA because they have a lot of community grants and a lot of um, community outreach. But they didn't give us some money, they gave us money, but they also will give us like tons and tons of like equipment, like sweatsuits, all types of um, workout materials. And stuff, so that's a good resource for you. Thanks, Kenyatta. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, you know what? I would think like in the Bronx, don't they have like Bronx Health Plus and places like that? Wouldn't they be good to partner with? Yeah, um, what it is like a lot of those programs that they have, they're things that are already in existence, but it's also the time. So, um, a lot of my admin work, if I don't do the majority of the stuff, um, I'll try to have some of my team members reach out. Like my wife, she'll you know reach out to some people for me, but she does like a lot of big stuff with a um dei stuff anyway so you know everybody will be on different planes doing their community stuff and i try to um really be mindful about where we're aligning ourselves with because sometimes i see like the basketball programs but we need something that's continuous you know Mm -hmm. sometimes i don't just need t-shirts i may need staff yeah partnership for parks works out for that and outside of um even addition to the staff you need community members who are staff this way that involvement if i decide okay i'm too tired i'm burnt out somebody's going to be there to help the program run official the slap, right? yeah. you yeah. know what is it we talked a little bit about it but you know just to get a little bit more specific what do you feel it is about our environment that contributes to such poor health well one of the main things is uh like we said uh the, the way how we were cultivated the um the resources that are available like some people talk about the inability to get salads in our communities 
yet nobody would go and open up a store right things that we need we'll right. go to supermarkets where they have, have immaculate stuff uh food bazaar is one of these places that got great international thing we'll talk about how much uh financial capital that we make as individuals but we're not pooling that to open up the things that we say that we need you know right. in their route one boston road that's a uh you know commercial route but they have diversity to some degree relative to what the community's demands are so now if we got like a fresh and co over there people would go to the fresh and co but the thing is with the smaller um the smaller venues that happen to have juice bars and stuff like that we need more continuity and support those places yeah. you know we'll go to a place and there'll be an offshoot if it's not like brother roy's on white plains road you right. know people will go to um some of the places on burke avenue but the continuity must be there for us to grow and sustain these things and we're not making that effort as much as we can the same right. way we make the effort to you know go to other food places commercial food places that aren't providing yeah. the most healthiest uh you know food and sustenance for options us. we don't have no options man i mean these areas of food deserts yeah and they're that so way for it, a particular reason mm -hmm. We got to circumvent that by creating those, uh, you know, those opportunities and those resources. Okay. We're, we're all roughly around the same age or something. And one thing you hear, like in these different situations, whether it comes down to to health and to, you know, just people, people being in the generations and learning. It seems like, and you always hear this, how we may have failed to be failed uh, um I would say my youth or something. What do you think? Do you think that we actually should be culpable or responsible in some of this stuff where they don't understand what's best for them or they're not moving forward with? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, that's why some of the stuff I did, you know, was to take responsibility. You know, I tell people, oh, you, you know, you need to get your kids healthy. Bring your kids if you gotta, you want to work out because now they're seeing you change, you know, change the, the the system that we've helped either support indirectly or directly by being involved you know and um once we accept the responsibility everything that goes back to being a warrior you say you're a man you're 10 toes down yo i was eating wrong and we got to pull a plug on this we got to get this together you know right. we got to get up and go run the same way i use training every saturday morning to play football at dewitt clinton high school and evander yeah the tigers keep that same tiger spirit you know but you got to accept responsibility that hey i didn't do enough or i stopped doing it and get back in the mix and we can make those changes tell us just tell us exactly so now we need to hear what exactly is the death race because this is the big upcoming race oh yeah what's the what's the trifecta weekend the hell is that? <laughs> the, tri the trifecta weekend, well, Spartan began with peak races, and that was um, the culmination of people who are athlete adventurers. Joe DeSena, him and his uh, partner at the time, Andy Weinberg, a few of those other guys was running around, you know, transversing the world, getting out there in the environment, and put together this thing called a death race. The death race, it entails anywhere from 24 hours to 72 hours of pure insanity that they've devised that mm, involves physical therapy um, not physical therapy excuse me um per, uh, personal training pt um it involves psychological mind games where 
you're given instructions that can be override by somebody else's directive that creates a conflict to see what breaks you or not. You know, um, there have been examples, if you look on uh, YouTube, you'll find some of the um, outtakes from some of the races. My first time attempting the death race was last year, and it basically made it where I had to identify things within my own body. Having Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid condition, and me donating a bunch of blood, I was impacting myself, so I showed up and was toasted going into the race you know wow. so many stresses that go on in day-to-day -day life or whatever i made the drive up to vermont by myself i was ready to rock and roll but i didn't realize i hadn't been getting some of the, so so much adequate rest that's required mm. also when you're at these different elevations or whatever right. yeah oxygen, level. oxygen level so having had covid you know it was it was different i had been up there in the summertime but now the winter's different mm. you know but i didn't realize and one of the people who um, I was um, communicating with the previous year it was like Mike you might want to lay off on donating so much blood and these are things that we know from science and school living science and everything but sometimes we forget you know and we just rocking and rolling I'm pounding away doing my community thing but it impacted me I didn't even get to the actual registration because they'll have you do tasks just to get inside the event just before Qualify. you your registration so right. when like eight hours of work and then the race hasn't even began, you know, uh, and I had to tap out. They they say quit, but I didn't quit. If I quit, I wouldn't be going back. You know, right. yeah. you know the quitters they don't come back. You know, I tapped out because I was like so beat up. But you know, following that race, my wife had told me like, yo, you didn't get much rest. And when I looked over the data from you know my Fitbit and all of that, you know, part of it was that my daughter was turning twenty one. And I knew the challenges that I went through with turning 21, mm. you know, living in a, a sense of fear that I don't have control over everything, but I'm hoping, you know, no other stuff is going on out there that can derail her making it to 21. Mm. You know, mm. impacting my rest or whatever. So I'm not thinking about oxygen deprivation. I'm up there to just get busy. I'm from Boston Road. I'm I am riding. <laughs> you know, and uh, I people. I do the polar bear right. every year, so this is a test to get out there. You know, mm. just like when you go for jobs, you can train all you want for predetermined tests, which will give you a predetermined outcome. But life's real lessons occur when you do things like the death race, and you got to get out there. And they're talking about, okay, you got to submerge in this water after you've been standing in it for five minutes. Got to submerge yourself for 15, 15 seconds. Yeah. You know? Then you got to go hike a mountain for eight hours or something in the darkness, in the cold. You got to figure that out. You know, you could train for it, but you done ate the wrong thing. Now you got the bubble guts. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not just a race to the finish. Now you twist it. <laughs> you got to figure out what you're going to do. You know? So, That's crazy, like, um, you know, with this race coming up, it's a lot of things where you got to deal with hypothermia, um, which brings speak, speak. to science. Talk about the polar bear plunge. You talking about hypothermia? Yeah, you do that religiously almost every year, bro. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, you know, I started that back in, I think, was it 2015? And yeah. um, I started doing it because I used to always see it on Channel Five News in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Doing a New Year's Day, and I said, "Hey, I want to try it from young." But since it's a borough removed, you know, that's happening in Brooklyn. We in the BK. Bronx. He wasn't yeah. going all the way out there, you know, as right. a young person to go jump in no cold water. We just nah, we're not doing that. But the um 
the, the thing is, had I been doing it, my life would have probably been on a different trajectory because I'm able to do it and test my physical wherewithal with I can be in this cold, frigid water. You know, like even with the ice fishing stuff or whatever, I learned you definitely don't want to fall in this. You know, <laughs> you definitely don't want to fall in this. So you're going to do the right step to there. test the ice to make sure you're okay. You know, Renee and my daughter was there the first time we saw someone fall through the ice, ice fishing. You know, I had had some time in, but when you see it, you're like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. That's, that's it gets real. You know, that is sick right there. And some yeah. of the things with um the death race, like they always ask you what's your why. Um, some of the people who I've met on this endurance um path that I've been on is it's a lot of military, a lot of super elite athletes, um, people who've gone through divorces, dealing just with so many different things of what their whys are doing these things. Right. You know, to test yourself. You may have been an A one, you know, five star general, but you may have taken a hit where some of your convoy got damaged and lost a life or just a regular person who lost friends and family and you're trying to get back to the sense of who you are by right. testing it to see if you make the right decisions and getting out there doing a death race it's like okay this is an opportunity to see what else do you have you know yeah. what else do you have to, to go and my why was why not you know I've made the wrong choices as a youth where people are like oh don't go do the death why would you do some call a death race because I live in the Bronx and there's more death in the Bronx than there is in a death race, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. So when I'm going to my car to, you know, go do an errand, I got to hope nobody stole my whim, my rims or whatever, which has happened. And you're hoping that you don't catch the person. Right. Oh, how it's going to go. You know, there may be somebody who's, you know, the stick up kid and he want, you know, whatever you got. You go on yeah. a mission someplace else and now you got to figure out how do you resolve this conflict? You know, that's the death race, you know, but the actual death race is organized confusion where people have devised challenges, you know, but mm. the community um, recently you've seen the post where um, the 47 the Bronx has about 20, they're responsible for 27% of the um, shootings within the city. Wow. The precinct accounts for most of that, which is where we're from, Wakefield section of the Bronx. You know, unfortunately, so there's some of the things where I said we're at the helm where we could change these things, you know, by me doing the stuff like the death rates. I'm able to be like, yo, you want to keep it real and see how hard you are. Come up to Vermont <laughs> while it's freezing and get you with it. Let's yeah. go to Coney Island, my nigga. Let's go to Coney Island. I had a um I had a personal trainer at one point and I signed up for like their boot camp and boot camp was I think like four days, four to five days of the week. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time going, you know, I was like, oh, I'm in pretty decent shape. I did that joint I, and I had I didn't like my nutrition and everything was off. But I figured I'm like, how difficult could this be? You know, I'm only gonna be working out like nonstop for like an hour or whatever. Yo, afterwards I got my car. Oh man, I didn't throw up, but it was, yo, <laughs> it was, it was crazy. It was like, damn, I was, I was mad hungry. Like I, I didn't even take any of that into account. I just went with, yo, like you said, like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm in decent shape. I could do it. So I play I, ball. I could do this. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And afterwards, as I started getting used to it and, and, you know, I became more comfortable with it. I'm not going to front. Like it started off rough, but by the time boot camp was over, like it was, I looked forward to it. You know, it was right. something about it. Like it was very much, it helped relieve stress. Um, my body felt good afterwards. You know, I was in like tip top shape between doing burpees and sprints and yeah. all these different things or whatever. 
Um, so I, I, I could see I could see why this would be attractive and appealing to um to people. Um, as far as like the death ray stuff is concerned, like I I I, I would need years of training to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is my second time, and um you know the, like I said, I learned having had COVID a second time or whatever mm-hmm. is gonna definitely be hell on my lungs, but. You know, I still got to keep pushing anyway. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't take a lot. It just takes, you know, the patience, the right? Hey, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to try this. There's a prerequisite that you've had to have done some of their major endurance challenges. That makes sense. And you saw the thing about the uh, trifecta weekend. Basically, those are the three levels of Spartan. And um, mm-hmm. people are knocking those things out over the weekend where the, the sprint is a 5K, the super is a 10K. Um, the sprint has a 5k 20 obstacles the super is a 10 10k where i think 25 to 25 obstacles and the beast is about 33 obstacles and it's 13 plus miles so people are going out there hammering it over the weekend and you'll see so many people of different fitness levels shapes and Mm -hmm. sizes different ages my father joined me for um my 10th anniversary doing the spartan race sprint he was over shout out to Mr. Taylor. Yeah, he and this is this is the thing, Rob. He um he had like three fibers attaching his bicep to his shoulder because mm-hmm. he worked with Brandon for decades and um always running around with the extra weight, not realizing it was tearing up his shoulder. We wow. heard this how many fibers he had left um in September when he went to the doctor to finally have it checked out. Right. He finally had um shoulder replacement in October, but okay. this man did the sparring sprint as best as he could. And denim jeans, the super OG, you know, <laughs> the super OG. You Mr. Taylor is a real one, son. <laughs> Classic. You know? he, he, he had the dungarees on, you know. So, right, you said it right. No jeans, they got dungarees on, bro. <laughs> you know, he got through it. You know, so right. Like so many people will fear it, but there's an awakening that occurs when you do these things. So when you see these people mm. knocking them out on the weekends, like, damn, that's a lot of work. And the thing is, you don't have to run it. You can crawl it. The thing is to push through and get through it. And that brings mm-hmm. a whole different type of insanity where people see and be like, oh, nah, yeah, nah, you wildin'. But like I said, you know, um, the first time I went up to do the Death Reefs last, last winter, they have a winter one and a summer one. Um, the summer one is even harder, I think, because it can go longer because the temperatures are right. Mm. You know? So you have hundreds of people showing up battling it out. You know, and um, it's like one of those things that once you try it, you definitely realize like, okay, I got to change this. This is possible. Right. Definitely requires a different type of view to show up and get busy. So this is going to be a big one for me, especially like my um, cold intolerances change a little bit, but I'm going to still get out there and push. You know, I'm making sure that I eat correctly in terms of uh, caloric intake, because that's one of the other things I messed up on. I didn't do my carb loading how I was supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas you eat and how you're supposed to, fats, proteins, and um, right. and uh, carbs. You right. know, you, you, stuff to burn off. you gotta really load it up for some of these bigger events. Yeah. You gotta make sure you're taking in the electrolytes. And I was able to learn that yeah. over the past year with identifying my own personal shortcomings. Yeah. You know, not wanting to eat because of my thyroid condition, cholesterol is going to be high, and, yeah. and I don't have right. any energy output. Yeah, so many- now, there's definitely a science around it. It's, there's definitely a science around it. Like right now, I ride my, I got a Peloton, I ride my Peloton, but I started riding it probably 
couple of months ago wearing a sauna suit, like a sauna jacket. Yeah, and one of the things I make sure I do is I have like my um my my zero zero sugar Gatorade for electrolyte purposes because you sweat and profusely. So you drain all your electrolytes, so I don't want to fall off the bike and cramp out. Yeah, catch a crazy cramp, bro. Yeah, definitely. But that's um that's the thing, like your understanding of it. So even to bring people who don't have that understanding, you get the chance to dialogue. So even when you're walking around, getting the exercise, like, yo, you should try this. Here, try this. Get the Gatorade. Make sure you bring the banana out and eat before you come. Don't think right. about the young you who could knock all of this stuff out. Think about the current you. Right. Right. Make pace yourself, bro. Pace, and so yeah. as you step it up, you out there to crank out more and more, you know. But um, definitely, that's uh, the, my why for doing the, the death rates. You know, we got to change things within our community. Um, there'll definitely be challenges up there, but after that's said and done, I still got to come back to where I currently live in the Bronx and hope for the best when I get down here. You know. But I have faith dope. in you. I have faith in you. You're going yeah, yo. to be able to appreciate it. complete it. This might seem like a silly question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Having had these experiences with these different um, races, what's your opinion of American Ninja Warrior? <laughs> nah, it's, um, it's a lot of people who do Spartan that do American Ninja. It requires a definite discipline, whereas mm-hmm. you're making sure all your joints are functioning, you're stretching. Um, you got to do what you need to do to do it. It, it. I definitely used to watch that show, Want to Get Busy, but I was already in a different state. Because, like, the stuff that they're doing requires your balance. If you haven't worked with your balance, you're falling in the first, what, 10, 15 seconds, yeah. you're out of there. You know what I mean? Ninja, Ninja Warrior to wipe out in one second. Wipe, wipe out is crazy. I want to try that because <laughs> people be trying to get through it. You know, they, they join the piston, come around, and then knock you off. Yeah, that to me is a little more dangerous than the Spartan stuff because you don't know how much force is behind that. With mm. Spartan stuff, when you're running through the woods, you can get people do get hurt depending on how they're performing out there. Like, you don't got to go full send. Some people be out there doing full send and all that. With uh, Ninja Warrior, you running up the walls, you're doing the upper body. Yeah. So, you do got to have it together. But some right. people do the cross. Um, activities with that kind of stuff there's a place in brooklyn um i forget the name of this like um for fur rocks fur rocks training they there's a um like a ninja warrior gym in brooklyn Um, some of my people have invited me to check it out i haven't been able to get down there because i got a tone rotator cuff from the left that i'm taking with me but um you know bro you're a warrior you're a true warrior you're going out there beat up you got covid you're running death traps polar fishing and <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's, that's what, what else, Mike? What else can you do, bro? Man, I'm, I'm, you make clothes. The, what else? The, the, fuck? The, the, goal, the goal to me is to live, man. That's, um, you know. Say it again, weird, bro. We're right. doing it, but as long as I can keep pushing while I'm here, and making a positive impact. That's right. That's what, that's all it comes down to, you know. That's what matters. That's all the crazy right. stuff, but if somebody sees like, yo, this guy went all the way up here, okay, what else is up there? Oh, okay. You go check out Vermont. Okay, yeah, this is an area. This is a cool environment. I've never been outside my borough. Yeah, you get yeah. to see something new. All right. You know, you don't have to be scared of that. You know, right. telling me how tough you are. That's right. You know, down here. <laughs> now, Vermont is beautiful. Vermont is very scenic too. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's one of the things that also um, made a difference in my life. I used to go to the um, Fresh Air Fund as a child. Oh, okay. 
moving around the um, city. I didn't have any family in the South where I could go to down South for the summer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we're doing the races. They happen throughout the country. So I'm going up to Tuxedo Ridge, New York, going to these different places, going to Vermont. I've been to New Hampshire. Places mm-hmm. that you only go really if you're reading or relative to your job. If you're right. going, you'll go over there. You'll go up to Boston. You're going to keep it local. You're not really doing any exploration. Mm-hmm. But having been up there, I've been up there like three or four times already to Vermont. And it's, it's, it's wonderful, you know? It's, it's one of the things that, hey, I can retire here, but then uh, you assume right. that lifestyle from there, you know? Right. So you go to the Poconos and be like, oh, this is this New York. But these other parts of Pennsylvania that you go to, and it's like, oh, I could do this. You know, I'm, I'm a city guy, but just that flexibility of getting out there and realizing, like, okay, this is also a moment of peace and tranquility. That's right, bro. Well, Mike, let me let me let me let me ask you because we're we're all native New Yorkers, so we all know what the Fresh Air Fund is. But for people who, who are watching this and who may who may not, um, you know, reside in New York, can you just tell people a little bit about what Fresh Air Fund is? Well, a Fresh Air Fund, um, that's somebody I'm definitely gonna um, partner with um, in the next year. So, right, that'd be a program that takes inner city children up to parts of uh, New York. I don't know That's if they do Connecticut, but they used to do New York and Pennsylvania for two weeks out the summer where they get to go to um, rural environments where the host family or sometime uh, camps, camp set up. I always went to a rural family and I was fortunate enough to have been to the same family. I think I was like seven years, for like seven years. You know, okay. I was okay. going when I think I was about, um, I think I started going out there when I was maybe seven or eight years old. And that was a way for my father to get us, you know, out the city. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we didn't have our people was already in the Northeast Bronx or the South Bronx. You right. know? So that gave me the opportunity to get out there and get outdoors where it's like, okay, I've been to the parks, but now it's all type of real immersion in these, you know, outdoor environments. And they're taking me to Canada. That's the first time going up to Canada, um, going to Thousand Island. So... I got the experience of going camping in those environments via the Fresh Air Fund. So make sure y'all follow them on our social media. Um, New York City also has camping things that they set up through the um, urban park ranges where you're able to go sleep in the parks overnight. Um, Orchard Beach, Central Park. Oh, wow. park. So you got to definitely check out um, you know, the stuff that they have going on. That's the urban park ranges on NewYorkCityParks.org. And um, they have different things. It's a lottery process, but um, most of the time people get in. You know, right. it's not that because a lot of people are still learning about it or don't know about it. Yeah. But it'll be like a one-day thing where they provide the tents. Um, I think we have to bring our own sleeping bags, and uh, they'll take you on like a stargazing tour of Orchard Beach. Wow! See the um, population and all of that. <clears throat> yeah, we've done it about two or three times or whatever, and. Um, you know that's uh, that's some of the stuff that's available now because people have made it so. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't even be afraid of the, the the elements as much as I would be more afraid of the riffraff. <laughs> so yeah. those parks, like the elements, I could probably deal with. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. Um, because the park rangers there over, overnight with you anyway. Oh, okay. You do the New York City stuff. It's, it's like three or four park rangers out there. So, the shot you can come sleep in my backyard, bro. I got Fox, I got Day, I got Bear, all that shit out here. I'm a fan of that one. The Bear bear is a whole different thing. Um, And that's that's also the discipline. Like, when you learn about a lot of this stuff, 
um, your safety is first. Like we'll talk about situational awareness, a feel of energy when you get on the train. Who's on some bullshit? You know what I'm saying? Who's mm-hmm. just mentally unstable or whatever? Right. But when you're dealing with true nature that has you know not been manipulated through diet or whatever, you know right. stuff is either passing by and don't want to be bothered or is coming through looking for something to eat. So the mm-hmm. discipline to make sure you don't bring nothing in that tent. <laughs> like no, 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 um, no snacks, no snacks, leaving that candy bar you stash, you know what I'm saying? So you get your sugar up on the side pocket, get all of that out the tent. Now, <laughs> you got anything? Okay, put all that up. Rob, what you got? Yo, you had them, them twins. I know you got them donuts, nigga. You, know you got them donuts. <laughs> That's that discipline. Like I said, you know, we're at the helm now. We're the elders. We're the elders. Some of us, we gotta set that tone where people aren't afraid to do certain things based on just the name. You know, right? Right. So that's right. You could say death race to some people. The Bronx in itself is a challenge. You know, yeah, like, the oh, Bronx is a death race. You keep it on the Bronx, like, oh, nah, I ain't going there. You know, but <laughs> you scared of me? You know, going jumping into freezing water. You know. With gunman A, B, and C up the block, and they they in the dispute. They don't even got nothing to do with you. you know? <laughs> but now you got to decide: is it worth me to go get that Chinese food that Robin them said I should cut back on? <laughs> you got to really think about these things. Yo, you put it in perspective, you start thinking differently. That's Yo, right. Do I, do I need that junk? That you know? Oh That's yeah, right. you know it's unhealthy. Do I need that? Right, you know, yeah. I'm and now you're like, damn, I ain't, I ain't even get my fries, man. <laughs> My, my thing my thing is like I could come I could commit to the actual the actual workout. I could commit to that. But I do have an issue snacking from time to time. Like, you know, every yeah, now and then I, I like a bag of Doritos. Man, I love donuts. Then, you know? I love so. donuts and being in a true New York fashion, I go to Brooklyn to get uh, my donuts, fresh, fresh donuts. I've been dabbling in bagels here and there. And that came about with me doing the polar bear plunge. You know, I was looking for something to eat after I said, I want to get a real donut, not the, you know, the, the brand. I know donut. Dunkin' Donut shit. Nah, you I know, got you. They, they use New York bakeries, but they don't do the real deal joint. Like the, the cinnamon roll, the big coffee. Yeah. Roll, the joints, you know. Where in Brooklyn you go? Um, Peter Pan Bakery. The, Peter they Pan featured Bakery. it in the Spider-Man. Right like they featured it in the Spider-Man, the last Spider-Man, No Way Home or whatever. And they, it's a, like a true old fashioned joint. <clears throat> like we used to have over on Allerton Avenue, the yeah, and stuff like that. It's, it was it was that kind of spot. Yo, you remember Allen Dom's on Gunham Road, bro? Yep, it's, it's, it's that same energy. That so pastry they, they used to make them good ass pastry cookies Danish, and shit. Yep, the Danishes or whatever, and it's like you can have yeah, yo, you can have yeah. treats or whatever. But the thing is to just remember the discipline too. That's you right. Know, do you need three or four? You know, is this something you can split with your lady or your kids? That's because right. Now you've yeah. met that desire, and you're like, yo, I didn't need the whole joint by myself. Hey, babe, hey, you, you hit that. You know, the kids, y'all split that because they see y'all sharing. You don't right. got to be indulgent. So you could train, you could eat in full law. That's one thing, too, like with the Spartan race stuff. I tell people, and so many people are like, oh, yeah, I'm not ready for that. I'm like, you are ready. All you got to do is come get busy, and however it go, it go. Because I tell people the main winners, they won already. You know, they won already because they've been training they sure the off to win you know right. I mean? they're not taking it scared to do they're just gonna come in and get busy because they've already been um you know executing that lifestyle right mm-hmm. so 
bunch of people who are first time racers, you know, I bring people, I tell them, look, I'm gonna get you through this. And a lot of times that fellowship that we spoke about, that occurs on the race where if you move slow, you're gonna meet somebody out there like, oh, okay, homegirl needs assistance, let me help her up. Now y'all chopping it up. That person don't remember you. Big man having a hard time getting over the joint. Yo, you like six foot three, you could get over this eight foot wall. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. Reach your arms up and pull yourself up. I'll help get you a lift and we're gonna keep pushing from there. You know? Okay. Um, definitely, I'm gonna hope that you guys join me June 17th for the Spartan Race Sprint, which takes place in um, Bethel, New York. Um, Sprint? Get- I mean, I got a dip? Oh, nah, you don't have to, but that's the thing. You, the, the, This is the thing like with the suffering that I tell people. If you don't get it together in five months to do the race, you're just gonna realize like, damn, I should have trained harder because I'll be finished faster. You're gonna finish fast and then be like, oh, that was nothing. Then I'll be like, yeah, well, why don't you do the next level? You know, they have they have different tiers. Like I said, the super will be coming up. Then you got the beast, you know, and that's how it works. You know, you think you got the sprint word? Well, let's sign you. you Now, hold on. I'm signing. I'm look. I'm making a commitment. I'm signing Rob and Ken up for the next one. (laughs) Be an administrative capacity. <laughs> nah, we, we, Yo, consider them there. Consider them there. They'll be there. Nah, we, we all got to do it, man. There's always room on the team, like I tell people. He's trying to be funny, son. You see that, Yada? He's trying yeah, to be funny, Yada. Yeah. And, and, and it's work, like I said, it don't matter your body type. Because what happens is if you can't do the um, obstacles, you know, it's certain stuff that they let you, let you just, you know, if you, that can't you can't do, do. you can't go around it. The ones you can do, but they have burpees, so the the, bur- the cost of failing the obstacle and not doing is thirty burpees. Damn, the burpees are more uh, challenging than you trying yeah, to. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. You do the monkey bars and be like, "Damn, I almost the burpees for this." You know, what right? <laughs> if you can't climb the rope, just go and start doing your burpees, knock those out. And what I do with the with my people when I bring them out there, if you can't do it for whatever reason that day, yo, I'm gonna do ten, you do the other twenty. We have more mm. people. We split that up if that's how we rock it. You know, okay. the, the people will catch up to them at the end. You know, when you get through that process and you done jumped over that fire, you get that banana, you get the water and whatever free promo drinks that they're giving out. And you get that mm-hmm. t-shirt in that metal, you start thinking like, damn. You know, I did that. Feel like a participatory thing. Like, oh, you get a um, partic- participation medal and all that. You still put in that work. You got out there, you crawled. Some people, um, their hang up is mud. Oh, I can't do oh. dirt. So you you realizing that? Realizing if things go left in this country, if we got a head for the hills, you know who's you not coming. Right. <laughs> They're going to be cringing at the, oh, it's dirt there. Bro, you was just living in South Bronx and hunting. Right. You know, Mojo, the Bojo, and Kathy Crack had been sleeping. You was laying on them benches all summer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now you're worried about All the summer, yo. You ain't, ain't never lied, sir. You know? So. Now, I, I I think I'd be interested in probably coming out and training with y'all and seeing what it's about and probably I'm, I'm not doing no death race I'm not you know but you know, <laughs> regular basic joint I may try one out yeah <laughs> nah this is this the time to do it because I'm telling you like it's, it's just so many different awakening things and um even so June, what's, what's June what's June 17th that's a Saturday that's a that, is that is that the death race no that's the, no. the Spartan Spring Spartan Spring all right yeah all right, give us the overview of what that looks like, so we, so I can be prepared and we could. Yeah, we gotta we gotta strap up mentally for that. Only, only mental preparation is needed. 
right? It's showing up. It's, it's showing up. They say that's the the, 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 the hardest part is showing up. Because mm-hmm. once you get there, you're going to be like, oh, I can do this. You're going to see people leaving by the time you get there because they done rocked it already. Whole families, little kids with their medals and t-shirts. You see the okay. elderly people. Some of the oldest people that um, do Spartan races are like 78-year-old people. You know, my pops, he was 70 when he did his joint, but it's 78-year-old mm. people. I think they got an 83-year-old dude who's been rocking and rolling. Um, this, this dude, um, he was he was in the military, um, but that that adds to his uh, his uh, drive and motivation. You know, he has the discipline. But um, when you see these people in their age, and you're like, wow, I can't be scared to do this. Yeah. I think that I always tell people, no matter what goes down, get your ass up if you fall, because you don't want the old person to be like, I'm going to run, get help. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to run, get help. Stay there. Stay there, <laughs> young man. <laughs> you finish what you came to do, don't come pick me up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't want big man talk about, yeah, you know, you were passed out for a while. We carried you the rest of the race. I got That's you. That's some bullshit, right? Wonderful. He, he, he uh, hung yo. in there. You know what I'm saying? He hung in there. He did great. And you like, yeah, oh, dude, carry me? They'd be like, yeah, you was knocked out. He carried you to the whole joint, you know? Oh, so, man. You know, it's, it's courtly people out there rocking and rolling, smoking you. You're like, damn, what am I doing wrong? You know? The nutrition wasn't together, and then it was. You know? Right. But yeah, I'm gonna have to. like, okay, I got to work on me. You know, yeah. I didn't need to drink. You got a lot of people that will drink the night before the race, get hammered and think that they were still in the ring. Now they puking on the side and, you know, little stuff starts uh, and people like, no, he's Sweating, hot, palpitating, all so you can't have no, we can't have no Tito's or. Yeah, people be, having, people be having that after. Some of the people were on Bronx Soul. Um, it's oh. one of the young crews down here that I got them to do the Spartan race last year. At the end of the joint, they came out with the Tito's and the bottles, the party was going. Because some of the joints, they used to give out beer. So you get a okay. beer, a drink ticket. Um, for insurance purposes, they started giving out um, like seltzers, <laughs> some type of seltzers or something like that. Like Mike's Hard Lemonade and stuff like that. You know? hammered after that. Not, yeah, you know? Never, yo, I, I mean, this is this is off topic, but I've never tasted Mike's Hard Lemonade. What what is Mike's Hard? I, I to me that's like the Calvin Cooler. It's a, it's a wine cooler, bro. Yeah. It's cooler okay. to a wine cooler. Yeah. But you, you know why? I'm a, yo, I'm gonna keep it a stack with y'all. You know why I've never thought to taste it because I used to watch To Catch a Predator, and To Catch a Predator. <laughs> yo, the predator. Yo, the predator will always show up. In the case of Mike's hard lemonade, you don't want look. You don't want like a perv, huh? Yeah. I wasn't trying to get anybody drunk. <laughs> oh, I don't have any other questions, man. For you, I don't know if Rob or Ken does. No, Rob. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm fresh out. I'm, you know what? I think. I'm down for the 17th, Mike. You might, you might have sold me, bro. Let's get it done. I'm, um, I'm, I'm gonna be making some moves, so maybe even magically, I have some uh, passes for y'all to come lock in. You know, like I said, the training isn't much. You could fall off and start training, you know, within two weeks before the event, depending on how you was living. You know, like right, said, right. you know, you, you wait till the last minute, and now you done. You know, you're trying to cram. It ain't gonna go well. <laughs> we're gonna be out there. We're gonna be out, gonna there. Be out there for six hours. We're gonna be out there. You know, I, I, I did, I did the race sick one time. You know, I had got sick. You know, 
I got the chills driving up there. Whatever I ate, something that was wrong, and I try to eat some steamed fish like the day before. <laughs> Bro, that didn't help at all. I'm out there sweating, and I realized like, okay, I could be on my feet for five hours. You know, most of the team finished, so they was waiting for me. That's the only hang up with taking long. Your family be waiting for you, whatever. But mm-hmm. if they with the ride, they down for the ride and all that. We gonna right. go out there because, like I said, there's so many people and opportunities for you to fellowship with people who see you like yo you're in connecticut oh they see the shirt oh you did the spar race oh you're crazy i can never do that and then you see like okay you chop it up with them and now they're doing it right now i'm 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 definitely i'm a train i'm a train i'm not gonna do no two-week thing and then get out there and you know you like your <laughs> two minutes in tap out like nah yes shanon trying to be with the elite people Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Talk about robbing them, take it dumb long. Where y'all at? Nah, dumb not long. at all. Like, <laughs> the only person I'm racing against is myself at that point. Yeah, like, that, I'm not even considering a race. The only thing I want to do is, to me, finishing it'll be successful. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, you definitely finishing. That's the that's the thing. When you get out there, it's your race against you. You know, it may rain, it may be whatever, but you push through and you realize, okay, it's raining. It's a little extra slick. I just slow up. You know, you don't need to break nothing. You got still got to go to work or whatever. You got to make the joint. You don't want to. You don't want to be on the next podcast with the full body cast. Talk about. Hold up, I should fucking with man. Mike. Listen, man, I've been fucking with Mike this whole weekend. I should have slowed up. I should have listened. <laughs> you know? That's the weekend warrior joint. You know that. That's the weekend warrior joint where everybody come back to work on Monday, all banged up. Yeah, and that's what they call Metal Monday. So you have people coming out showing they bling. The people who do the trifecta weekends, you'll have all three medals. You know, some of the people who really take it. And um, there's also a group too that um, you should follow if and join if you can on social media. Um, Black Spartans. Okay. Black Spartans was another group um, um, that I ended up meeting. They they follow each other because a lot of issues did pop up relative to um, how people felt doing these races as people of color that they didn't feel like um they was part of a community but the spartan community is big it depends on everybody's um interaction you know you have some people who just how they were raised you know they don't interact with these kind of people feel unsecure with mm-hmm. them going to race sometimes it's women predominantly by themselves black women you know and they are unprotected so when they out there doing these races they would love to if Kanan is there, Yad is out there. So Rob, yeah, I met your boy Rob at this other race, you know? So that's outside of Team Spartan Spades, but that's they're more of a um a group that's all over the place. That are, um, Sign me up for the novice. Sign me up for the novice, the beginner, the beginner one. I, I, we I, we I, are there, that's it. That's the sprint. That's the sprint. That's it. We be good June 17th. Yad, are you coming? Knees for me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got they got knee braces. They got knee braces. Yeah. Don't worry. You know, like I said, I, I closed the course, you know. So me and you just out there chopping it up. We're gonna be out there, y'all to just you know, slow slow motion, we get it done. We do what we can. We I'm with I'll I'll see if I can train and get my ass in order. Yeah, don't don't take do. much and also um, you know, like we talked about sponsorships and support and all that, Rob, relative to what you got going on there, um, you know, athletes that don't have, a, um, you know, they're short of living and stuff like that. So whatever, um, 
whatever um what do you call them things i keep forgetting like um like the the sickle cell awareness stuff or whatever right okay. kidney, awareness, all kidney that, yeah. awareness or whatever you can go and represent that you know oh, absolutely the healthy lifestyle or whatever y'all will have the album finished by then so it's all stuff that could tie back into health and wellness just what you being out there you know That's you so may be somebody else that'll be like yo i lost my kidney but you know my kid gave me the kidney or whatever and we were able to do this this is That's our so race and I would love to chop it up with you. Oh, yeah, I live out here, too. I'm over here, you know? That's a good way to transition the story and share a story, absolutely. All right. I agree with you. So, Mike, outside of your um your IG handle, which we have on the screen, mm-hmm. Team Spartan Spades, if people want to get in contact with you, how, how could they go about contacting you? Or how do they go about joining Team Spartan Spades? Show up for a workout. Um, This time of year, like I said, I'm heading up to Vermont on Wednesday. I'm racing that Thursday morning pushing through i'm doing a snowshoe race up there at that same location for saturday mm-hmm. but y'all are welcome to join us for any hikes we hike up in mount beacon new york um it's a thousand thousand foot um vertical and then we cover either like two miles two to six miles over there or longer depending on which team captains are with us or whatever mm-hmm. and depending on how people feel that's one way how i do it um however you feel when you show up that's what we're gonna work on we'll push a little bit more because i don't need you to get jacked up just in you know just initial show, show up, show up right. some workouts or whatever. So hit me up, 914-266-0976. That's my, my line. Um, you can follow me on uh, Facebook. And that's Team Spartan Spades. I have a private group and a, um, also just a regular page. Private group allows you to just be in there and see who we have in the group or whatever, see what's going on. And, um, you know, you get to learn about when we're going to do the meetups and the workouts. We don't also do just do the Spartan races. We do hikes. We do um, bicycling. So we got some cyclists, the Team Spartan Speed Rollers, where nice. the dudes will take out their mountain bikes or their um, their other bikes and just go, you know, get miles in. Right. So it's something for you to do. And if you come into Team Spartan Spades, you can introduce us to some stuff, you know. Um, it's all about health and wellness. So the obstacle course, I'm going to push that. But if you want to go do hoop, we got basketballs on deck. We can go do that because that helps with the cardio just to keep people mm-hmm. active. That's, that's the goal. Keep people active, man. Mike, good looking out, man. Thank you. You know, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm going to make sure we keep on the calendar and make this happen. Uh, depending on how I perform, there may or may not be video footage. <laughs> you, you may not capture your footage, but other people will have that you footage. <laughs> and if they damn, out, damn, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> man. oh man, you know? <laughs> Yo, right out the gate, you grabbing your hamstring like oh. <laughs> you know? So, we're gonna have some good content. Word. So. I mean, you know, that that's probably one of the things too, like the possibility of overtraining, right? Yeah. Um some people some people overtrain and you know, um, my first race, I think I overtrained because I didn't know the the full um, the full scheme of things or whatever. You know, so I was overcompensating in um, Bronx Park, and I'm jumping over stuff at the wrong angles because you would jump straight. You wouldn't try to jump diagonally. I'm slamming, messing myself up. So I've done maybe like four or five races all jacked up. You know, mm. for the past four years, I've been racing with a torn rotator cuff for the last so. After the death race, I'm gonna um, get my surgery done, schedule that, and get back in the mix. And you know, it's on and popping after that. So we'll still meet up for the workout. So 
you know, non stop Mike, son. That's what he is. Yo, we about to have, we about to have no ideas original Epsom salt. <laughs> <laughs> On the market, son. Yo, ain't no shame in that. You, you, drop it in. you, look, at, you look at what the elite athletes do, especially relative to y'all who've done like a lot of the research. People are taking cold baths to restore the muscles and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough to get done, so you know, don't don't be no shame in getting that Epsom salt. Keep it handy. So when the cramp, cramps go down, you, you recover. <laughs> oh man! Thank you, Renee. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Salute, Mike. Mike. Thank you. Right. Thanks for everybody. Thanks a lot. No ideas, original crew at the what is it? June fifteenth. June seventeenth. June seventeenth. We go out there. Um, like I said, footage pending. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Appreciate Thanks you. Salute. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace, Peace everybody. Right.